Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code ALLSTEALERS for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. Donnie. We're approaching Valentine's Day. I'm sure we're going to get a new ad read soon. I am very, very excited for this new ad read. But at the same yes. time, I'm very excited to break in the, the little trimmer, the little ball deodorant, yeah. the little boxers for a little Valentine's Day uh, get-together with the lady. How are you feeling about the whole nine there on this upcoming holiday of love? Well, thanks to the lot over 4.0, feeling phenomenal. I mean, yes, I don't have to worry sure. about uh, anything below the waist. Uh, you know, being out of the ordinary on one of the most important love days of the year. Facts, big facts. It's time for you to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. A six pack is a great New Year's resolution, but how about a six pack for your balls? The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below the waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes, thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. Manscaped also wants you to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne which offers a light yet masculine pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code allsteelers at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code allsteelers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code allsteelers. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Donnie. What is good, my friend? Please talk for however long you like while I catch my breath. I got you. Yeah, this is the first episode uh, we've done post-Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I think for the most part, we did have a pretty solid time out there in Mobile. A few bumps and bruises, but that's part of the business. That's showbiz, baby. You feel? That's showbiz. That's so showbiz, you gotta, you gotta baby. Override it. Uh, we are both safely back home. Uh, both took a little bit longer than anticipated to reach our final destination, but what was your uh, what was your flight like? What do you got delayed as well? I got uh, delayed so a whole like, day. I know uh, we got delayed like in an hour. An hour. And oh a half. my gosh! <laughs> Good. We both it took a little longer than expected. I slept four days in an airport, Donnie. I became a citizen of Pensacola, Florida. I ate at a Chick Fil A like seven times. No, an hour. I didn't get home until the next day. The next day. Don't want to hear it. 
Anyways, the Steelers came through. They held out all day. I felt very good about it. They let me sleep for a good four or five hours. I can't thank them enough for that. Then the news started coming in. We're midweek. The news is flowing in heavy. The biggest news is not even real super important news, but right now it's pretty ginormous news. Lewis Reddick, who might be the hottest name in the GM search out of nowhere, is now interviewing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. According to Ian Rappaport, he joins a long list of the Colts' Ed Dobbs, the Chargers' JoJo Wooden, and the Titans' Ryan Coden, along with Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, in-house candidates for the Steelers. What are your thoughts on this interview of uh, Reddick coming in? You know what? I, If nothing else, I'm very happy they at least brought him in uh, for an interview. Um, Louis Riddick is one of those guys to where he's very, very well respected around the league. And I yep. feel like every year, um, you know, because he's been doing work in the media the last couple of years, every cycle, um, it seems that his name is always kind of thrown into these talks. And he's just like a, a well-received guy, no matter who you talk to, no matter where you go. Um, you know, a very, very sharp football mind. Uh, you know, he had a few years as, you know, director of pro scouting, you know, director of player personnel there uh, following his playing career. So. I, I don't know what he would look like as a journal manager just because he doesn't necessarily have the like, GM experience behind him. Uh, but I, I really think that Riddick should be a top candidate for his job moving forward. Yeah, I, I think it's exciting. But at the same time, there's a couple things that concern me. For one, he has not been in an NFL personnel position since 2013. Say what you want. The NFL is a new game since 2013. So that's got to le- leave a little bit of worry. Two, I feel terrible for whoever gets the job if it's not Lewis Riddick because now they have become Mason Rudolph. They're the guy that, well, it could have been Lewis Riddick. One bad season, it could have been Lewis Riddick. It doesn't matter who it is. I think every Steelers fan at this point just kind of like wrapped it around their head like Riddick is the best option that we have and the Steelers need to hire him. Um, I mean, is he? is is Riddick immediately jumped to number one or is that just like, a, Oh, this guy's a popular name. We should get, he should get the job. Uh, probably in the hearts and minds of the fans. Yeah. I, I would definitely suggest that he might be the number one guy, but um, whenever you, you look at in-house guys, uh, you know, like Brandon Hunt, like Omar Khan, um, you know, I, I still feel like those are probably the the two lead guys in the driver's seat in the co-driver's seat, I guess to take the job for, you know, Pittsburgh's GM role after Kevin Colbert's contract expires after the upcoming draft. Um, And, you know, you also have to remember, this could just be the Steelers seeing what else is out there and maybe, you know, perhaps trying to get another perspective on, you know, their organization, you know, what they should or shouldn't do, what someone else would do and covering Colbert's shoes this offseason. But the the fact that they're they're even interviewing him, uh, at least in my head, is a, you know, a, a sign of them taking the right step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with that one. And I do like the way that they're going with this. It seems that there's a strong approach to the scouting department, which could leave Khan as the outlier in this uh, equation, which I would feel bad. I think Omar is definitely worth a shot at a GM job. At the same time, I think Brandon Hunt is as well. And I love the direction of a scouting department. I think that if you're going to hire a GM, you want somebody who understands how to evaluate talent pretty much better than anybody else out there. The business administration, I get that stuff, and that will come in hand. You know what I mean? You will find places where it's like, okay, well, this guy is incredible at signing free agents. The scouting department, you're going to get more like, this guy is 
the best drafter in the NFL, or he signs the best free agents. Contract-wise, it could get a little iffy. Seems that that's the direction that they're going. If it comes down to, to Riddick, is there – I kind of feel as if Riddick is the only real outside candidate at this point. I think the other ones kind of just feel like for show, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and um, I would say he's probably the best suited on, on the outside as well because if, if we're keeping it a buck, I mean, everybody expects either Hunt or Khan to be named the, the Steelers GM. You know, it's just how the Steelers move. They've always been the kind of organization to keep things in-house – um, you know, and, you know, keep everything fluid from within as opposed to bringing out an outside hire. Uh, but that being said, if you are looking at outside candidates, Louis Riddick's got to be number one. And he's been number one for, you know, at least a lot of teams in recent memory whenever he has taken a couple of, uh, of interviews. And if I remember correctly, I think he turned down a job or two over the last couple of years as well. So, you know, so he could have easily already been in a GM role elsewhere in the NFL. Uh, but I mean, obviously, whenever an opening for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers pops up, you at least want to go in and throw your hat in the interview ring, right? Uh, yeah. But just, just like just circling back, though, I don't know. I don't think worry is the right word. Um, do you think that the Steelers are just like they are so hell bent? Sorry. Final question. Do you think they would actually go outside of their realm? of Pittsburgh and hire somebody like, like realistically like, interviewing is one thing, right? Because, you know, you, you kind of have to, as part of the process, do you think they would bring in somebody outside for this like major position that they're about to see vacant for the first time in a very long time? It's very tough to say, because that's the thing. It is vacant for the first time in 20 years. So not only are you changing quarterbacks, but you're changing GMs. And I think that almost coincides with each other to say, well, if you're going to change one, might as well change both and change the whole landscape of this thing. You stay with Brandon Hunt or Omar Khan, you're not really changing the landscape. You're just kind of moving with the flow. At that, at the same time, though, the flow has worked pretty well for 20 years. Minimum complaints about 20 years of flow. Uh, understanding that we played through, the Steelers just played through the greatest quarterback of all time, who was the greatest winner of all time. So hard to win a Super Bowl when the greatest winner of all time is winning Super Bowls. Still racked up two of them, went to three of them. It's it's tough to say, oh, well, the Steelers should change their ways because they need to adapt. Well, they haven't adapted. Things have worked out pretty well. Um, the league is changing, that's, though. That's also another thing I didn't even think about. Um, whoever gets the GM job in Pittsburgh will probably have their say and who's going to be the quarterback of the future, whether oh, it's yeah. Mason, whether it's Haskins, whether it's getting somebody through free agency, whether it's trading, whether it's somebody, you know, through their draft. Um, so I, th this is a very big hire because, you know, whoever said general manager feels strongly about in black and gold moving forward under center, that's probably going to be the guy. So I, I didn't even think about how much of who they envision that quarterback is going to kind of play and whether or not they get the job. Yeah, and I think the decision will be made before the NFL draft. I don't know if they'll announce it until after the NFL draft, but I think they'll have their guy in place. I think that guy will work with Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin throughout the draft process, which gives Hunt and Khan a major upper hand in this entire situation because they're already there. They've already been scouting, and they've already been working with Colbert for months 
on who the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be. So they're obviously going to have an upper hand in that in that role. That being said, I don't think it's the determining factor. There's a lot of things that a general manager does, and this is the future. It's not just the quarterback position. It's the entire organization. Yep. I, I'm not going to say that it's impossible that they rule out an outside hire. I will say that if they are, it's got to be some splash hire like Lewis Riddick. Otherwise, there's like almost no chance they're going outside. Yeah, I, I didn't even think um, how important the, the relationships are for a potential general manager to come in and have relationships with ownership, with the head yeah. coach, and obviously, you know, with the roster as well. Like you already pointed out, um, Hunt and Cotton already have very well-established relationships within you know, the, the organization. Um, you know, so how much of that is going to factor in whether or not they want to bring in an outside guy? And like you already pointed to, Kevin Colbert can vouch for either of, you know, Con or Hunt. You know, Kevin Colbert knows exactly who those guys are, uh, you know, you know, from a professional perspective, from a personal perspective. Um, so you know, they definitely do have the upper hand here. And, you know, like we already talked about, this is the Steelers, right? I mean, they, whenever it comes to jobs like this, they typically never go outside of the box, right? You know, you always yeah. bring them up through the organization, do this, do that. But we have to remember the last time a major position was up for grabs like this, they did go outside of the box. Mike Tomlin was not supposed to be the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He was, True. whenever Bill Cowher retired, it was not supposed to be somebody from outside the organization, but they did the due diligence. They brought him in for an interview. They really liked him. And now, no, there we two are. Two Super Bowl appearances later, here we are. And, you know, we, with a significant position opening up, we might see the same thing. And like you said, if you're going to do any splash higher, it's going to be Lewis Riddick. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it, that's what it comes down to. I think at this point, heading into the next phase of free agency, which is the combine, your three top targets for the Pittsburgh Steelers are Hunt, Khan, and Riddick. And I think we, at this point, it's just move forward. Who who do you like best? Pick one of those three, and I it, it'll it'll be a conversation to have. And like you said, it's going to be time. They haven't even officially interviewed him yet. They haven't announced it. So. It'll be a while before that decision's made, but I'd say that, yeah, you, I agree. Riddick's the only one. Another signing that could possibly done be done before Kevin Colbert's done, but chances are this is the new GM's move to make, is Deontay Johnson and what many anticipate to be a contract extension this offseason. The, the question is how much. The question is, is he worth it after a late-season bit of a drop-off, whether you agree or disagree on that is, is maybe another conversation. Andrew Filipponi says five years, $75 million is the acting asking price, according to a source. And Filipponi sources are always spot on from what we, uh, we know. This is not a John Clayton source. Five, million, <laughs> 75 million, five years, $75 million. Is that a good deal for Deontay Johnson? Is that in the realm of possibilities here? Uh, Noah, I'm asking you one question just just to verify our sources really quick before yeah. we go. Uh, I, I dropped out of community college. I'm not the best at math, but I believe before the show, you worked out the math to where this would be <laughs> an average annual salary of $15 million per year, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So let, let's say he does hit that, that $15 million threshold right there. Uh, we're looking at about 15 to 20 receivers in the league that are making that average per year. Uh, $15 million right now. It's going to be guys like Cortland Sutton, Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, and Chris Godwin. Now, whenever you frame it like that, 
yeah, I do think Deontay Johnson, whenever he is hitting his potential, is on par with that and probably deserves right around that area of money. Now, we also have to remember, um, you know, agents really like to shoot high. That way they can kind of work their way down and negotiate to a number that's probably a little bit more realistic. Um, mm-hmm. If you're asking me right now, should the Steelers pay Deontay Johnson $15 million per season after the last couple seasons that we've seen? It's been a lot of up and down. We've seen a very good Deontay Johnson. We've seen a not so great Deontay Johnson. So, you know, heading into his next season, you're kind of left wondering, which DJ are we going to get? Uh, and, you know, if I'm paying somebody $15 million, I need to know what I'm going to be getting on a yearly basis. And I just can't say we have seen that from Deontay Johnson right now. So if this deal is worth to pull the trigger on that, it's obviously just for the upside, right? Yeah, it is the upside, but I think Deontay Johnson shows enough upside at this point. You know what I'm saying? I think Deontay Johnson in the next year or two is going to be a lot better than Cortland Sutton, a lot better than Jarvis Landry. Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in football, but he will be in that range. You know what I'm saying? And two years from now, that number is nothing. I mean, the sport sport track has DJ has Deontay Johnson's value as like roughly $77 million. So this is actually a bargain. And the question, I think the only issue is that you have to look at the entire group as a whole, which the Steelers never really have. They've always just kind of made it work, but you have Chase Claypool. And then it's a pretty dramatic drop off. If you don't resign Juju Smith-Schuster, which it doesn't really look like they're going to, you have to either find somebody in the draft and then say, okay, that's probably the next Chase Claypool, or you have to, go out into free agency and, and land maybe a cheap option because you can't just be handing out a bunch of guaranteed big contracts to wide receivers who are, say what you want, I think the most invaluable piece of an offense as long as you have two decent ones. Um, Derek compares it here to Cortland Sutton's four years, 60 million, 18 million. I, I could see 60 million happening with a large guarantee I don't know what Johnson's looking at. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what his agent is saying guaranteed wise or big contract wise. I mean, Juju signed for $8 million. And I think a big reason of that was because his guaranteed contracts on the chiefs and the Ravens weren't as high as many expected. That could yeah. be the same thing with DJ. Yeah. And, you know, I think it all comes down to, uh, you know, where does it come from? from and you know, one of the trades sorry tricks of the trade um that i've learned throughout my short time being around a professional team is that a lot of these quote-unquote sources are nfl agents um you know so I, i'm willing of not a very good amount of money because i don't have a good amount of money uh maybe like half of like a mcchicken that this source is coming from Deontay <laughs> johnson's agent right um yeah. so i that, that wouldn't surprise me at all but I mean, just looking at like some of the averages, like Stefan Diggs, 14.4 million, Devontae Adams, 14.5 million. Um, you know, and if you want to look even higher, Tyler Lockett, 17.25, Kenny Galladay, 18 million. I mean, th- there is justification for Deontay Johnson to ask for these numbers. But you also have to remember this organization has a very, very good track record of drafting top tier receivers pretty much all over the board, you know, really no matter what round. Of course, you know, there's going to be some hits or misses here and there. But just in terms of your scouting and your ability to develop receivers, if there's any team that can probably get away with letting a guy like Deontay Johnson walk, it's going to be the Steelers. Now, do they want him to? Absolutely not. I mean, Deontay Johnson on his best day 
is one of the top 20 receivers in the NFL. And, you know, he's probably looking to get paid like that. So I can't blame him. No, I, I agree. And I, I'm, I like that you brought up that point because I, I think the after effect of this is also important to talk about because Chase Claypool, if Deontay Johnson signs a big contract, it almost guarantees that Chase Claypool is a one contract wide receiver in Pittsburgh because that's just how they operate. Heinz Ward, uh, Heinz Ward actually is like the only exception ever. Um, besides that, you know, at one point it was Antoine Randall. At one point it was Mike Wallace. Um, AB was probably going to get another contract, but you could use Antonio Brown as an example with Juju Smith-Schuster. That second guy always just seems to just be kind of tossed out. Emmanuel Sanders, another good example there. And I think that Deontay is that guy. I, if you're going to pick between Deontay and Chase Claypool right now, Deontay is the guy that you're like, okay, you're my number one wide receiver for the foreseeable future. Does that mean that in five years you're still the number one? I don't know, but I think that Deontay at least has proven enough to say, for the next five years, you got enough potential to, for one, work with whatever quarterback we bring in here because in the next five years, we have to have a new franchise quarterback. And for two, it gives you some security to say, okay, we will draft guys because we are top tier in drafting wide receivers. And maybe that just means that Chase Claypool is gone after the next two years. Um, the drops thing is going to get brought up a lot. Yeah, And I just think that, I mean – the drops were bad at the end of the season. They also were made up for at times. There wasn't really a ton of moments throughout the whole season where you said Deontay made a mistake and then didn't make up for it. There were times, especially in the Chiefs game, where he went drop penalty right back, back-to-back plays, didn't look good, still came back, caught a touchdown later in the game. I just think that he does make up for them and that that's something that you know, it's, it's just going to round itself out. If this is year three and he looks like this, Imagine year five. Yeah, I don't think anybody expects Deontay Johnson to beat Larry Fitzgerald. You know, it's just to have a, a asinine low number of career drops uh, yeah. th- through his career. And, you know, I think that'd be a, a really fun thing to go back and look to see if Deontay actually has more drops than Larry Fitzgerald at, you know, this point in time. <laughs> I, I think I think what it all boils down to is can the Steelers operate without Deontay Johnson, right? Yeah. Because um, if, like – Picture last year and then rolling out Chase Claypool, Ray Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, excuse me, and James Washington as their like base three receiver set. Are they doing anything? Like no, not doing no, a lot. No. <laughs> so like that, that extra like layer of you know, it's just whatever Deontay Johnson brings, however you want to classify it. It like you could probably justify that for being $15 million or you know, right around that area. And like, let's not forget, like, if you sign Deontay to like a $15 million per year, you can rework that deal later on. Like, you can yeah, move yeah. money around. The salary cap does not exist. You can put money basically wherever you want. Patrick Mahomes signed a $500 million contract, and then the Chiefs are doing just fine right now. So, you know, I, yeah. I think <laughs> there are ways to navigate the salary cap. And, you know, True. at the end of the day, if the Steelers really want to keep DJ in town, which I do think they do, and I can't blame them, the, they're probably going to have to pay around that figure. And, you know, I can't blame them. No, I can't. I think it's it's a good conversation to have, but an easy one to answer that Deontay Johnson is a piece to this offense, especially. You want Najee Harris and you want Deontay Johnson. You want Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and whatever a good offensive line contains. And that's those are your key pieces moving forward. Because whoever you plug in there, a quarterback, while you find this next franchise quarterback, their success is going to be based off of these guys. Can I ask you this? So Juju leaves. 
they're not they're not able to get a deal with Deontay Dunn. How far up the pecking order is receiver for you in the NFL draft if they're not able to like get anybody? Derek said it over the weekend that he would go as high as round two, and I think that that's – I agree with that one. Round, I mean, I'm not saying that it could happen in round two if they waited past that. I think the wide receiver class is very deep. But I it, if I had to jump up, I would say, yeah, round two. If, DJ, if Deontay Johnson does not sign, round two. Which we won't know that. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the, kind of the problem is there's no way that Deontay Johnson is going to resign before the summer. Because that's just how Pittsburgh operates. You know, yeah. by the end of April, that's that's tricky. At that point, they probably won't even – they'll, like, barely know that Juju's not coming back. But at the same time, I still think that with that hypothetical there, if they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, I wouldn't be upset about it. Fills in a, a huge need, especially if it's slot guy. Yeah. No, definitely. You have to remember, too, like, keeping that young, talented core intact for whatever quarterback that's about to come in while also trying to retool the offensive line – I mean, if you're able to keep Deontay around and just have whatever short window you need for said quarterback to get adjusted and acclimated and really get the Steelers offense back to where it it needs to be, back to where everybody thought it was supposed to be in 2017, then you're thinking, okay, this is a really good move. And then by then, three or four years down the road, 15 million for Deontay Johnson is looking like a bargain. Yeah, steal, total steal. Uh, other wide receiver news that is also important, and shout out uh, Aiden, who did win the Deontay Johnson jersey, by the way. So congratulations to our boy Aiden down there. Um, also, congratulations to Greg. I don't know if he's in here, but two winners of the DJ and the Dermani Dotson helmet. So uh, congrats to those guys. We'll have a lot more giveaways. Don't yeah. worry about it. New wide receiver coach. The Steelers made somewhat of a shocking hire and hired Frisman Jackson, Carolina Panthers' current Wide receiver coach, now the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' new wide receiver coach to replace Ike Hilliard. I work with this team every single day. I had no idea that Ike Hilliard was not returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think anybody else had any idea that he wasn't returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Frisman has a good background. He, he's developed DJ Moore. Uh, he's worked as a wide receiver coach in both the NFL and college football for like the last 15 years almost, I would say. It is definitely a good uh, a good combination to bring in to a young receiving core. Was it a move that needed to happen? Did you need to change wide receiver coaches? Were you just not satisfied? I mean, I'm a guy that likes Eddie Faulkner, and people remind me constantly, Eddie Faulkner hasn't really done much progressive since he's been in Pittsburgh. Maybe I was just overlooking I kill you too. Maybe, but like at the same time, I really didn't feel like the Steelers were getting the most out of their wide receivers last year. And, you know, it, it, it's only like a positional coach change, like as bad as that sounds, because I do know those guys work day in and day out, you know, with their positions. Um, but I mean, it, it, if they feel like it was time for a change and yeah, you know, why not? And, you know, you're at a point into Jackson's experience, you know, with DJ Moore and you know, we've seen DJ Moore kind of elevate himself to the next level at the National Football League. Uh, Robbie Anderson, too, like Robbie Anderson had, you know, quite the good numbers last couple of years in Carolina and you also remember um you know that's with Christian McCaffrey being the main weapon yep. with the Panthers that's with the offense looking very dysfunctional at times with guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold kind of you know being at the helm for Carolina which includes bringing back Cam Newton and going I was gonna say Cam Newton and PJ Walker too that's <laughs> it's, it's yeah, been a quarter so, like, looking at their production with, like, the uh, the you-know-what show kind of going on on the offensive side of the ball, uh, yeah, yeah. he's kind of hoping that he's able to take a thing or two and bring it to Pittsburgh. 
and, you know, help mentor a guy like Chase Claypool, who obviously needs it on and off the field, and, and you know, kind of help a Deontay Johnson to reach that next level of starting that everybody in Pittsburgh hopes he can reach you, and then try to get the best out of all the other guys on the receiving court, too. You know, maybe guys like Cody White, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, if he's around next year, James Washington, if he's still somehow on the Steelers next year, too. So, um, you know, a, a fresh perspective, you know, isn't always a bad thing, and I think that's what Steelers are hoping for moving into 2022. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I will play a little bit of devil's advocate. No. And my my first thought when this happened was, I mean, say what you want about Ike Hilliard and say what you want about Chase Claypool, who did not have a great season. I, I, I'm i a very hard critic of Chase Claypool's season. He made Ray Ray McLeod look good. Good. And Ray Ray McLeod is not good. <laughs> it's not good. At no point... Throughout his career, did anybody believe Ray Ray McLeod would be a number three wide receiver? And let me tell you, he was pretty decent number three wide receiver when called upon. He filled in the slot perfectly. I think he did enough to return to the Steelers, and I think everybody else agrees that he did enough to return to the Steelers. And, I mean, again, say what you will, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Not now, even with the rest of them. Not even like a number three receiver. He was Ben's go-to target on a couple very key plays down the stretch. He was a new and improved Ryan Switzer, which is not oh, a compliment. Geez. It's not a compliment, but if Ben's always going to try to find a Ryan Switzer, at least get a good one out there. And Ray Ray McLeod was good enough. I'll, I'll take Dollar General Jericho Cotri. I'll take that. Hey, Dollar General Jericho Cotri is better than good Ray Ray McLeod. So, yeah, this is, you got to just, you got to put it in perspective what it could have been, what it was. That being said, had guys like Anthony Miller. I know that he, he came in like week four, but still, like it, it never seemed to take off there. Uh, Cody White is what he is, nothing special. Um, and, and then Juju got hurt. So he didn't really have, you know, a, a huge weight on his shoulders to kind of build from. At the same time, I think what he did with what he had was fine. I still like the move. I think that, like you said, a fresh pair of eyes at any point, at any position is good. You saw what you know, getting rid of James Daniels and bringing in Alfredo Roberts did at the tight end position for guys like Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry. I think that this could be a lot for a guy like Chase Claypool. I think that that's somebody who he plays a lot like DJ Moore. He's got a big body like DJ Moore. If you could turn him into something special, I mean, that's all the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for at this point. I don't mind the hire. I kind of like it. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, too, I know we've said this on the show time and time again. <clears throat> If there's going to be any offseason you want to make changes, now's the time. Yeah, switch it all up. Throw it all away. Bring yep. it back. You don't have a quarterback, so you might as well just play Madden at this point and see what will <laughs> happen. Um, if we are playing Madden, which is a, an actually a, a good switch here. I am pretty oh, good at what I do sometimes. Um, Kyler Murray deleted every Instagram post he had of the Arizona Cardinals. If for those of you who don't know, our boy Donnie is sitting on his couch right now in northern Phoenix, Arizona. Almost on his couch in northern Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, has somewhat of an inside scoop with the Arizona Cardinals. Some would say, uh, to me, it just looked like like if I broke up with my girlfriend, she would have every picture of me deleted by noon if we broke up at 1130. Uh, that's kind of what this reminded me of. 24 years old, that's what these kids do. Is he gone? 
Is he gone? I, I, no, I, I don't think so, man. Um, no, you're uh, just going to ruin everyone's gone. hope, right? Yeah. Like, this was going to go into a whole conversation about we're going to ramp everybody up about how Kyler Murray's coming to Pittsburgh, and immediately you're just like, nah, he's not going anywhere. What are you doing? No, and you, you of all people know that you don't pay me to BS people on this podcast. <laughs> I know, but I want you to BS me to make me feel good, okay? <laughs> it, is it a possibility? Yeah. It's definitely no, it's not. You just said just, no. Just, just <laughs> like my wife thinks, Olive Garden is a possibility for us tonight. It's not. Olive Garden is never a possibility. Not going there. Get the frozen entrees out of here. Although, shout out to the breadsticks. Shout out, breadsticks. It, it, as far as I know, this is just Kyler wiping his hands clean. For those who don't know, Kyler Murray, you know, just finished up his third year. He's looking for, you know, that next big contract extension. Could this be, you know, a, a new marketing team taking over his social media? Maybe that's what Ben Albright suggested, and that does somewhat make sense. Um, but, you know, it's just in terms of trying to negotiate a new deal. This might be Kyler's way of kind of, you know, sticking his fork in the ground or letting the organization know exactly where he stands. And, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to see any fresh IG posts until Kyler Murray is, you know, the highest paid Cardinal right now. Okay, so I don't care if he's the highest paid Cardinal. I hope he's not because the Pittsburgh Steelers should immediately make a phone call the second that he removed all the Instagram posts and said, hey, we see you're in a bit of a tassel here, a little bit of maybe a little fight with uh, your boy Kyler Murray. Is he on the block? What do you want from him? And then you give up everything that you could possibly give give up for a guy like Kyler Murray. You extend him for another five, six years. And you just build the offense around him. Yeah, he's going to have two bad years. After that, it should be smooth sailing. Everything will be fine. You might be at the end of a guy like Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris's career, but, I mean, whatever. At that point, you still have Kyler Murray. I don't know, dude. I was very excited. I think that it's a big tactic to keep it moving. The other day, it I is, talked about it, – it's, it's not going to work. Like, like who, who in the Cardinals – like, if Steve kind of the general manager – how do you look at that and be like, oh, man, like Kyler just leaves all the Instagram posts and followed us on Instagram? Like, we got to move them immediately. Like, you, you Well, if you are going to move them, you're not going to move them in the a- NFC. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are all the way over here across the country. Marcus, Why not? Because <laughs> you're going to reset him to the deal that he wants. Uh, but Okay, but you're positive about that. You feel good about that. I feel very As good As an Arizona Cardinals I, I reporter. very good about them extending Kyler Murray's offseason. So you just Very think he's good. just throwing a tantrum. Is this just what he does? Is this just no, who he is? I don't think I don't go on Instagram. I don't know how this so, works. I know because you never see my dope captions that I put. I know. I, I so don't I think you it's, tell me I'm on here. <laughs> I I don't think it's him throwing a tantrum. I think it's his way of kind of letting the team know, hey, I'm serious about getting a new deal. Here's how serious I am. I'm gonna disassociate myself from everything. You know, we we Boston the, the wild Hard round, think now how it was supposed to go. Just played in the Pro Bowl through a tutty to my man, Mike Evans. I, you know, I, I you know, showed a little bit of respect to Mike Evans on Twitter. Buccaneers need a new quarterback. Just letting you know, I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to get paid. So take that for what it's worth. <sighs> that, I, I think at, at the end of the day, Kyler's going to be a Cardinal next year. Kyler Murray's okay, going to be I, a Cardinal next year. Did it like hurt his chemistry with the team? I mean, if I deleted all the pictures of me and my family, they'd be pretty mad at me. Bro, this is not- <laughs> This is a real conversation. If you're gonna delete all, if you're gonna delete all your Instagram posts, and your thing is, well, I want to get paid. 
Well, that to me, that's throwing. You can't a be traded to a new family, bro. I tried. I like you can't be traded to a new family. Yeah, but you could be traded to a new NFL team who will consider you family, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I'm just saying, would, like it, would to me, love what Kyler to be the Pittsburgh Steelers next quarterback. I would love it. it this is not going to happen. There you go. Future Pittsburgh Pirate Kyler Murray has a really nice ring to it. Is that a possibility as well? Is he going to the MLB? He could. I would buy that more than him going to the Steelers, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> but, like, if – like, is it a real – like, what? Like, would you – that seems to be floating out there. Kyler Murray to the MLB. He's the number one overall pick. If you know Kyler like I do, because I've interacted with him as a reporter in press conferences before – he is a he's like very much like what you would think of like a quarterback just in terms of his attitude, his mindset, his I'm better than everybody kind of thing. Like he like he is a very like I don't want to call him selfish, but he's very like self-centered, like around him and he kind of treats everything like a joke. Um like kind of like the, the typical like jock, right? Um good words of Kyle. So Murray. like this I, this could just be him like messing with people. Just to see, like, what everybody says and, like, what everybody does. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He didn't wipe his Twitter clean. His Twitter still has all of, like, the Cardinal stuff in it and stuff. I, that would be hilarious. I don't want that if that's in Pittsburgh. I already have to deal with Devin Bush. I don't need another Kyler Murray. At the same time, I don't, like, and I also don't want to stir up that drama. Like, there's nothing that irks me more than having to write, like, what did this player mean by this article? Because then everybody's like freaking out about it. And I'm just like, look at everybody relax. Like guys are just jerks. They're like playing yeah. games with us. You know, we're just little cats and they're just Very playing true. with their little yeah. cat toy. We're just almost got it. Almost got it. That's what we are. I'll take that. If that's what Kyler Murray is, I'm still going to push. We're going to start it right here, right now. Kyler Murray to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Send all your draft picks Two, three first round picks. The next three first round picks. Start in the second round. We're Matt Stafford in it. And still, I think it'll feel good. That's a good move. It's a good trade, in my opinion. Moving on. Keep it going. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. And follow your favorite podcast else on Twitter, at Nostrack, at Donnie Droon. And before we head out here, shout out to Aiden and Greg one more time for winning the Deontay Johnson and Damari Johnson Mini helmet, we will get those out to you this week. Congratulations again. We'll have a bunch more giveaways. So if you didn't win it, don't worry. You will definitely be in the running next time. Um, use our promo code 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. We got like another week, week and a half before we found out, find out if we locked up a long-term deal with them. So help us out. Use that promo code. We appreciate you as always. And we'll see you Thursday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>